And we're back to Heart Fails 73. Do you trust me? Yeah. <laughs> Long Not pause. As long as I trust Jesus. Um, Long pause. Yeah, well, first there. I thought about a, a trust fall. I was like, would I trust Adam in a trust fall? And I, I think that I would. Okay. I don't trust that. Okay, what I trust Adam in a trust fall where there's no distractions around us, like a squirrel <laughs> or a butterfly, yet. But if we're in a wooded area, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> See, you and Tommy, you and Tommy need to just hang out together. Like, just put put me off to the side, and you and Tommy just call each other and just, you know, kind of make fun of Adam for a couple hours. And you want a you roast? Know, it, it's there. I mean, you guys are ready. <laughs> This is all good, <laughs> but no, I, I am, a, I'm, I, besides the fact that I'm heavily medicated, I, I have failed people. I mean, that's an honest assessment of where I've been in life. I have failed people so often that people might have to think about that. Do I trust Adam? Well, uh, certain things. Yeah, maybe uh, certain other things, maybe not so much, unfortunately, before I became a Christian, I was definitely not very trustworthy, depending upon the situation. Uh, so that's that's kind of an honest assessment from from my standpoint, at least. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of flip it around to you. Do I trust Stephen? Yes, yes, I do. Actually, um, I, I called you. I told you before that I I almost view you as like a father figure or an elder or a, a leader in the faith for me. I I believe as far as timeline is concerned, I believe you became a Christian before. That's what counts, you know. Well, <laughs> no, uh, in the game um, for a long know, time, what, right? Here, where you I'm between 2012 and 2014, somewhere in there. More, more leaning okay, towards so, 2014. Well, I was 2011. So there you go. But you've been, you've been out there. You've been proclaiming the good news on the streets, open air preaching, open air evangelism. You, you've been in the trenches. Your your ministry is called Frontline Apologetics, which is kind of nice. We are going through a name change. Are you okay? Yeah, is this a big reveal? Be, this is a big reveal. Give me a three a three second countdown. Three, two, one. Frontline street ministry. <laughs> We're just removing the apologetics part. That's all. A little anticlimactic, <laughs> but thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I was <laughs> I was talking this this is this is maybe later on. Um, because I want to get to the point right away of the truthfulness and the trustworthiness. Um, last episode or last time that you and I recorded together, I kind of set the um, set the outline of I wanted to do a couple episodes: faith, hope, love. But we started yeah. off with hope, and we actually called it hopeful. Um, so this one we're going to faith, and I want to talk about faithful. Now, a lot mm -hmm. of different ways in the Bible that you can go at this. The most important one, um, and a good rule of thumb as far as I'm aware, is whenever you're tackling a subject from the Bible, um, do what the Bible does and start with God. Because in the beginning, yeah, that's a good point. God. 
Um, I know from my prepositional phrases, which in the beginning is a prepositional phrase, that you can have it at the beginning of a sentence or you can have it at the end. So the first word in the Bible, theoretically, could be God from an English translation sense. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. So what I want to do is I want to focus on the faithfulness of God. Do you trust God? I think is a universal, very important question. With what with one of the deacons on uh, two weeks ago Sunday before the service, we started to read through First John together, just him and I, and that's awesome. I would love to do this all the time <laughs> if I could. I would just sit down with another guy, another girl, whoever, two or three people. And just read the Bible together. That's that's how I get to know people in a meaningful way. And I would love to do that all the time. But we started reading First John, and I'm going to read it quickly. So a few, not the whole book, just the first section. <laughs> that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it and testify to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you and what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. So the deacon and I had read that, and I turned to him and I said, does this make you joyful? And he was kind of taken aback by just me like asking him that question. And I was like, no, we write this to make our joy complete. This is the Apostle John. John wrote the Gospel of John so that we may believe. And now he's writing the letter, his first epistle that we have, to make our joy complete. So the other question that I asked him is, do you believe John? Is John trustworthy? You're asking me, absolutely. I mean, yeah, insofar as he's being uh, guided by the Holy Spirit, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And even the bottom of my Bible here says that some manuscripts say your joy. So, yeah, absolutely. So when we're talking about faithfulness of God, the trustworthiness of John as an apostle of God, which you said by the words of the Holy Spirit, he's writing this. Um, the faithfulness of God, the trustworthiness of God is to be reliable, to be steadfast, to be unwavering, to be yeah. all these things, which ultimately comes down to do you believe God or not? Because that's the whole Bible is these are the words of God. Now, do you right. believe God or not? And First John goes all the way through all these arguments, and it's all cyclical, and it's all negative and positive, and it's so awesome, and it's so beautiful. And if I could, I would read the whole thing right now. But there's Bible apps out there, audio Bible apps, that you can listen to the entire book of First John in about <laughs> 25 minutes. Go do that. Pause this podcast and go listen to First John for 20 minutes. But the faithfulness of God, I think this is I think this is where people get tripped up a lot, though. 
you know, we know that we're untrustworthy. We are. We know that we make mistakes. But the realization that God doesn't, the realization that if God says something's going to happen, it is going to happen. And that's the whole Old Testament constantly proving this, constantly saying, this is going to happen. Then it happens. And sometimes it happens, you know, within a short period of time. Sometimes it happens 700 or 1,000 years later. A day is like 1,000 years to God, and 1,000 years is like a day. When God says something's going to happen, it happens. We being our, one of our most recent episodes as well with you and I, us being fools and foolishness, like we don't always think that things are actually going to happen. No, we just don't really worry about them and we don't really think about them. Yet God has told us, no, they're going to happen. Right, it's so true. That's so true. We, I'm sorry, go for it. No, I think I, you're just, you're, you're just, you're making, you're making a really good point. You know, his, his faithfulness is, is, like you said, it's always sure. It's always true that he says he's going to do something, he'll do it. But our, our faith, you know, it's weak and it's strong in, in many ways. It's, it's assailed and it's weakened. But in the end, it gets the victory through Christ, who's the author and finisher of our faith. But he's only able to be the author and finisher of our faith because he's faithful, right? Like, I, I tell people quite often in evangelism that your faith is only as strong as the object that you place it in. Oh, yeah. You're placing your faith in men. That trust, it's only as strong as the object you're placing it in. So a, a chair, a car, a, a bus, a server, a restaurant, a, a king, a queen, I mean, whatever it is, it's in something frail. But our faith uh, that's given to us by, the, by God, um, he's infinitely faithful. He's always faithful. So, so yeah, I, I was just... Uh, I was just ca- captured by what you were saying that he's he's always faithful, even though even though we uh, we are weak or strong in different degrees. You know, great is his faithfulness, and it never wavers. It's never one way or the other. It doesn't it doesn't go up and down like like ours does. It's, Hebrews it's constant. Hebrews thirteen verse eight. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Just Amen. to chime in there. I'm sorry, I threw off your groove, didn't I? <laughs> no, 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 you didn't. I was, uh, I'm trying, I'm actually trying, I noticed that sometimes I ramble, so I'm trying to, oh, to okay. be more uh, disciplined in my, in my rambling and trying to make more uh, short points. No, you're good then, you're <laughs> solid. Um, I have 1 Corinthians 10 verse, is this 13? God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. For everybody who went off and actually paused this podcast and went and listened to First John, you'll find that he talks a lot about sin. God is light and in him is no darkness. And if you are walking in the darkness, but you say you're in the light, you're a liar, actually. You do not live out the truth, is verse 6, actually. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth trustworthiness we're lying but if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship with one another and once again the promises of god the blood of jesus his son purifies us from all sin if we claim to be without sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us if we confess our sins verse 9 
He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. And I believe I just read the whole first chapter. I maybe missed chapter uh, verse five, so I apologize for that. I mean, how could you not read yeah. it? <laughs> but but here's people get so caught, and I remember, and I'm bringing this up now. Um, I wish uh, Jim from the beginning. I wish he was still involved in the podcast, but he's kind of going off and doing his own thing now. But we had started to get together every Saturday, and we were actually going through First John kind of together on the podcast. And one of his main points was, yeah, but how do you stop sinning? And I was like, yeah. First John, right here, First John. It's, it's not by trying. Like That's not how to do it. Just saying, you know, I'm going to pull up my socks and I'm going to do really well, and I'm just not going to sin today. No, right. it's by the object of your faith right there. He is faithful and just to forgive you. He is also faithful that he won't tempt you beyond your means. So I believe what I had said in one of the episodes was, if your sin is alcoholism or whatever, don't go to the bar. That's literally step one. Don't go to the bar. Right. <laughs> and it's literally that simple for a Christian is recognizing those things which are not pleasing to God, which are things of darkness rather than things of light. Whatever is true, whatever is good, whatever is pure, fix your mind on those things. What verse is that, by the way? I don't remember right uh, now. Philippians. Stand by. Philippians yeah. 4, verse 8. There we go. Finally, brothers. All right. Can you roll that off your tongue there? Yeah, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And that's Philippians 4, verse 8. And that's, that's yes, literally, I don't want to call it a trick, but that's literally God's instructions on if you're struggling with certain sins, this is where your mind and your heart need to be. If you are truly in the light, if you are not a liar, God is faithful, God is true, God will lead you through this. And the entire book of 1 John just goes back and forth through all those wonderful things. One of the things that I wanted to kind of, as far as gearing our minds towards faithfulness of God, he, he gives his children promises. He gives good gifts to his children. Now, what's the flip side? What's what's like our, <laughs> our faithfulness to God now? I was actually listening to Ezra the other day. Everybody knows Ezra. Everybody listens to it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So Ezra 9, verse 2, for they have taken some of their daughters to be wives for themselves and for their sons. So the holy race has mixed itself with the peoples of the lands. And in this faithlessness, the hand of the officials and chief men has been foremost. As soon as I heard this, I tore my garment and my cloak and pulled hair from my head and beard and sat appalled. Then... All who trembled at the words of the God of Israel 
because of the faithlessness of the returned exiles gathered around me while I sat appalled until the evening sacrifice. It kind of paints a picture that as far as a present-day church congregation is concerned, I maybe feel like we don't sit around and feel appalled with our brothers and sisters too much anymore. As far as my relationship with my wife is concerned, this is maybe the, the easiest way to explain this. My wife and I are married. Uh, throughout the Bible, it talks about adultery, and it actually talks about the people of Israel and their adulterous idolatry um, concerning God. Now, if I had been unfaithful to my wife, and I went to my wife, and I admitted my unfaithfulness, and she forgave me. And then I said, well, honey, I really appreciate your forgiveness. That's really wonderful. But I just want to let you know that I'm going to go back back next week with this woman. I'm going to be with her again. Um, Mm. So if you could really just forgive me again, that would be wonderful, because I don't want to have any problems between us. That's a very clear picture on the horrible selfishness that we all actually can be very guilty of concerning God. But it really paints a clear picture on what the, this is the people of Israel. This is the children of God. These are the chosen people. They have the benefit of God's word. And when we look at the professed Christian church today and the relationships that are occurring between different let's let's call them uh <laughs> how to word this wow um different ideologies um different worldly practices uh sure other quote unquote religions like how often do we sit around appalled probably not enough we live not- in a country where you know we, we have it very good in in other places in the world where people are literally dying for their faith. They probably are, you know, have a better understanding of what it means to be faithful to God better than what we have. I'm going to throw the ball to you because <laughs> I don't know what else to say here. Yeah, you're, you're, I, I think you're right. And there's an appropriate way to call those things out, uh, you know, even, even from the pulpit. You know, we don't, I don't think we want our focus to be how we're appalled with, um, the things of the world, but I think that as we're as we're preaching through the scriptures, uh, where it is relevant, you know, where the scripture applies to right now, um, if Jesus is appalled with something, and there's a there's a relation between what he was appalled with then um, to what uh, we ought to be appalled with now, I think we ought to bring it up where where the word of God naturally brings it up, and at the same time. And the reason I, the reason I think uh, we can tie that to faith uh, to faithfulness is because in those things that we're appalled about that other nations are doing or that our own nation is doing, um, God's children suffer, and uh, not only is God dishonored, but God's children suffer, and and His children who suffer for the sake of Christ, we need to be reminded that that this isn't our home. We're going to live and we're going to reign forever with Christ. Because even when we are faithless, as I think it's 2 Timothy says, 
he remains faithful. He, he cannot deny himself. So uh, God is faithful both in his promise of salvation and his judgment. And that, that's why I say like, it's, it's good. Like when we sit down and talk about those things, we, we have to be well-rounded. We have to be able to say God, God is faith, uh, faithful. He remains faithful even when we're faithless. He, he cannot deny himself. Uh, but God is, is faithful both in his promise of salvation and in his judgment as he is appalled at uh, the way that the world behaves. And at the same time, he cannot do anything that would contradict his perfect nature. It's a faithful saying that's trustworthy and true and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom we are the, fo- uh, the, the foremost. So yeah, I think that I, I just think that you're right in, in saying that we need to call it out is because his children do suffer and, and we're guilty. And we need to know that Christ, uh, that the Lord's faithful in his promise of salvation and judgment. I got a shy Lynn song for you. I got the lyrics because you actually already said one of the final lines where he combined scripture into the lyrics to paint the picture. It's from his attributes of God album. And the, the title is faithful God. Um, Are you serious? Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm actually going to read all these lyrics because I think this has been a, well, not all of them, but like, I don't know, maybe a minute or two because I have a migraine and I apologize to everybody who's listening to this. If this is not flowing smoothly at all, it's the afternoon. I have a migraine. Uh, yeah, please be be patient with me. Okay. So who is like you? You're the faithful one. Lord, you saved us when you gave your son and you keep us so we will not fall. You're faithful God. We're so thankful we can call you friend. You redeemed us and made us whole again. You're the only one we know to call. You're so faithful, God. You are faithful, never changing from age to age. You remain the same, and your steadfast love endures forever. Next episode with Stephen is actually steadfast love, loveful. Be prepared. He goes on. Father God, okay, so now here's the rap skills. I don't know if I have rap skills or not. Um, Father God, we Let's come go, now. Before, okay, so Father God, we come now before you. We were made down to bow down and adore you. We're filled with thankfulness hey. because of your faithfulness to your word, and we found that it's all true. To your face, Lord, we turn in amazement. In your grace, you determined to save men from sin's hey. consequence because of your promises in Jesus Christ, which are yes and their amen. When Adam sinned, you provided a covering. You heard Israel cry in their suffering. You brought them out of the land with your powerful hand. Lord, you're truly the God of the covenant. Even though you dropped clues, they were missing it. From here, we can see the true significance. All your acts of might were shadows and types to point ahead to a future deliverance. From the things you say, you don't budge. You're faithful to save and you're faithful to judge. The God who is just is not one of us. The faithful God is the God we can trust. We can't trust us. On you we rely. Everything we need, Lord, you will supply. Even when we're faithless, you remain faithful. You cannot deny mm. yourself. Um, and then it goes to the chorus. Hey. So, dang, bro. Shylin right. does it way better than I do. But the lyrics right there and the truth in them, we, we as human beings, we do connect with each other through art, through communication hymn writers, uh, poets, 
um, even to a certain extent, visual artists and whatnot. That's maybe a different conversation, though, <laughs> the visual art. We're not going to get into that today. But um, I think when you're talking about the faithfulness of God and you're recognizing how faithless, wow, did I say that right? The faithfulness of God and even when we're faithless, he's remaining faithful. Um, you have Habakkuk 2, verse 4, the just will live by faith. Where does that faith come from? By the grace of God. Yeah. God says if he begins a good work in you, he will bring it to completion. This is one of the other, I have this section, and I love this, so I apologize. i got to go here. Matthew 11. Verse Matthew 11, verse 27, all things have been handed over to me by my father and no one knows. <laughs> this. I'm sorry. Sorry. You just rapped, bro. I'm just, <laughs> yeah. It just, it just, hit, it just hit me. Just like, I was like, Hey, it was settling, you know, but like <laughs> minutes later, you're like, let's find ourselves in Matthew. And I'm like, this dude just, <laughs> I have no qualms about going from from from, from uh, what do you call it uh, medium to medium. I'm on a podcast well, right now. Bars, <laughs> <Yeah>. bars, <laughs> chocolate bars, Wonka bars, prison oh, bars. Um, yeah. yeah. So Matthew, Matthew eleven. Okay. Matthew <laughs> Man, I, I'm pretty sure I'm blushing. I'm pretty sure I am blushing. Um, <laughs> Matthew 11, verse 27, but all things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That right there is the faithfulness of the Son of God who is speaking truth, who is making promises. Right. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Not I might give you rest. If you're if you if you remain faithful, then yeah, if if you're if you're strong enough or if you're smart enough, I'll give you rest. If you try really hard, I'll give you rest. No, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This is a promise of God to us, his brothers and sisters, the children of God, to believers who are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. And it's amazing. I mean, you think about all the problems that you have in the world, all the things that are going on. I just mentioned I have a migraine. Who cares? I mean, seriously, who cares? My migraine is inconsequential compared to the treasures that God has promised to believers. Well, you put it so so well in, in – I'm not meaning to bolster you or anything, but, but the uh, – when you're moving it from, we can easily think that God's faithfulness is an outworking like a, like a human faithfulness, just a little better, it's just a little more sure. But when you bring it into contact with the person with Christ, you know, it's showing that God's faithfulness is 
that, that it is the outworking of his infinite, eternal, and unchangeable being. His unchangeable wisdom, power, and holiness, and justice, goodness, and truth. And, and so what he says can be trusted because, it's, because that faithfulness is, is the outworking of, of who he is. It's, it's not just um, because we, we, can't, we can't work those things out of ourselves, even as human beings. Um, but, but God's faithfulness is an outworking of who he is. And so anything that he says can be trusted. If he promises it, like you said earlier, it will happen. It, it will happen in wisdom and it will happen in love. And so God is, he is a refuge uh, and he's faithful because he is truth, right? Like God is truth himself and his truthfulness or his faithfulness is an outworking of his infinite uh, blessedness. And that's, uh, so when Christ calls us to come to him, you know, as you said, come to me all who are weary, all who are heavy burdened, I will give you rest. That's a promise coming out of the infinite workings of God's blessedness, of his goodness. And and he'll he'll bank on it, bro. He, He banks on it. It's out of the mouth of his promised Messiah from the very beginning, Genesis 3, verse 15. From the very beginning. Um, and from the very beginning, how about we go to the very end? Revelation 19, verse 9. And the angel said to me, write this. Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true words of God. And how did the Apostle John, who wrote the Gospel of John and who wrote First John, how did he respond to this? Verse 10, then I fell down at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, you must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. I'm going to go on, but isn't that interesting if 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 you're going to make yourself look good, if you're going to make something up, <laughs> you don't leave that in there. Right. Yeah, look at how stupid and faithless I was after I'm told the true words of God. I fell down to worship right. a created being. <laughs> you don't do that. And that's that's where the inspiration of Scripture comes in, the inerrancy of the Word of God, ultimate authority. I started this podcast out with Tommy, and I've listened to the first episode a couple times, so I remember this part. We were going through Exodus at the time, and it was always Moses goes to Pharaoh and says, thus says the Lord. These were not Moses' words. Thus says the word. This is the God who is faithful and true. Speaking of which, Revelation 19, verse 11, to continue. Then I saw heaven open and behold a white horse. The one sitting on it is called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. I'm going to skip down to 16. On his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. 
our mm-hmm. Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ, has promised to come again. Every knee will bow. Every single knee will bow. Yeah. Some will be told, well done, good and faithful servant. Others will be told, take this worthless servant and throw him into the pit where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. I never knew you. This should be a motivation for every professed Christian. First of all, read 1 John, because 1 John has a number of marks and a number of things that, are you a Christian or are you not a Christian? I can't see your heart. I can't tell you that. But God's word searches your heart. And God will tell you. And you'll know. In hindsight, I I can look back and be like, yeah, I knew. (laughs) I I shouldn't laugh about that. I, I, I knew that I was living in blatant, obvious sin. I knew that I was living, but I didn't care. And that should have been enough evidence to me if I was in God's word, if I was seeking him with my whole heart, it would have been so clear of Dave, but I didn't want to. I wanted to, you know, a fool says in his heart, there is no God. And we went through that whole episode of fools. I said that to my wife this morning. I said, yeah, Psalm 14 of fools. She's like, well, that's talking about an unbeliever. I was like, well, yeah, but believers can get into unbelief as a sense that we're foolish because we're willingly going into sin when we should know better. And that's where it's foolish for us to go into sin because God is faithful and true and he gives us an out. And if we're in his word and if we're trusting in him, we will not be perfect. And first John covers that perfectly about how there is no such thing as perfection of this in this life outside of Jesus Christ. That is the only person who was perfect, true God, true right. man, the spotless Lamb of God. And it is only being in Christ that we are in the ark. We are in the rock of ages. We are having the firm foundation. Nothing in my hand I bring, simply to the cross I cling. Naked come to thee for dress, helpless look to thee for grace. Foul I to the fountain fly, wash me, Savior, or I die. That's the poetry of a Christian, not, yeah, I don't really feel like a sinner. I don't really do very bad things. Right. No, <laughs> no, God, God lets you know, and it's actually very gracious and loving that he reveals it your is. sin to you. It really is. Because it's not good for us. It's not good for us in any way. And your particular sin doesn't matter. My migraine doesn't matter. The trials and tribulations that I go through in a broad scale does not matter. Because we're all on our own path and we interconnect. And brothers and sisters in Christ ought to encourage each other, lift up each other's burdens, edify each other, not hold things against each other. I'm speaking from experience here. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I mean, seriously, it's so bad that, well, first of all, anybody who knows me knows that I laugh at inopportune times all the time. Like, I'll laugh at my jokes that are dumb. 
<laughs> because nobody else does. <laughs> so I'm always aware of a dumb joke because I'm laughing and nobody else is. Right. Um, but that's not always true, actually, because I do do things uh, to make myself laugh as well. And then I'm really laughing. That's not just a whatever. Either way. Oh, see, lost track of what I was saying, but I think I got it out. I can clip out that laughing part and we're good. I, I think that you were making the, the, the points that, that you're bringing home on God's uh, faithfulness. The, the, the music that you're bringing to mind, I think there's almost like three or four song titles in there that, you know, the, the saints we sing, we sing of God's faithfulness. In, in lots of the old hymns and songs, spiritual songs, I mean, we sing of God's faithfulness. Uh, so do the Psalms, right? Uh, I always think it great is thy faithfulness is what, wow. How about yeah. that? It's actually, I, I yeah. opened up the hymnal that I just grabbed from church because they're getting rid of these old ones. And on the very back cover anniversary hymn, great is thy faithfulness by Marion Engelsman yeah. tune, stand up, stand up for Jesus. Great is thy faithfulness in every trial and blessing, thy glory. We will sing. A hundred years of mercy, a hundred years of grace. To thee we lift our voices in praise before thy faith. I feel like I missed a line there. I'm kind of blown away that great is thy faithfulness was right there when I opened it. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, I did not know it was back there. Like, dang. Okay, moving on. Hey there. Oh, were, were you moving on to another I, I point? Don't, or? I don't know. I am... I apologize. I am so lost. I'm going to be so upset Bro, with myself in this episode. Well, now I apologize because I'm supposed to help carry you through. But, no, you're good. Um, How about this? So, um, so here. So God is trustworthy. God is faithful. God is true. We started out with First John. Do you believe John? John points to Jesus and the prophets, points to uh, in his gospel, he talks about Jesus actually said, you have Moses and the prophets. If you don't believe Moses about me, you're not going to believe me either. So he has right. the whole Old and the New Testament that all point to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he's made thousands of promises hundreds of which have already come true and many more that are going to come true when our Lord and Savior comes again upon the clouds. And as far as we are concerned, what does that make us do? What does that encourage us to do? Um, I had wrote something once. It was actually on the anniversary of 9-11 one year. I, I said something or I wrote something along the lines of, there are over a billion professed Muslims in the world. And if we believe Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, as the only truth, the only way, the only truth, and the only life, that means those billion people are going to be in hell eternally. Yeah. What does that motivate us to do? And that's, that's where yeah, I think we really... And that's <laughs> open-air preaching. I mean... Yeah. And open air is wherever you are breathing air. Your family, your friends, your neighbors, your people sitting in the pews with you. It's awesome to catch up with people and talk and how are the kids and all that kind of stuff. 
but how how much better is it to pray yeah. with them? How much better is it to actually take that step and say, "Hey, you know what? I don't know what's going on with you, but let's get together and let's pray together." Most likely somebody no, might be like, better. "Okay, you're weird. I don't want to really talk to you anymore." <laughs> but as I just discovered with my father-in-law, my father-in-law was talking about bad experiences and his, his, his mom had died and he was a member of a church at one time. And he went to that church like the day after the day that his mom died, they, it was a, it was a large campus. There's always people there. He kind of walked around, kind of talked to some people and, you know, he kind of said, yeah, you know, maybe I was hoping for a little comfort. Maybe I was hoping someone would pray with me and he left a message for a pastor and who knows the exact situation, but you know, nobody ever got back to him and he actually hasn't been back to a church then for the most part, he hasn't been a member of a church since then. Um, so I had asked him, I said, how long ago was this? And he said, 24 years ago. And I said, well, better late than never. Is it okay if I pray with you? And his response was, yeah, whatever, man. <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of what I kind of expected, but I, I expected it coming and I wasn't going to be deetered. And so I sat down, we prayed together. Um, I led the prayer, I should say, but my wife was there as well. And so my wife, her dad and I prayed and, you know, a minute or two prayer. We had been talking about some different family members as well um, about the different struggles that they're going through. And so I mentioned that in the prayer to God be the glory in Jesus's name. Amen. So when the prayer was over, he said, thank you. I said, you're welcome. That's all it takes. Just having yeah. the, boldness, the boldness to say to your family and friends and neighbors, hey, I would like to pray with you. It, it, might, it might be more beneficial if you're having some kind of conversation going on and you have some specific topics to pray about. But don't just say, I will be praying for you. No, literally yeah, pray. Pray for them right there. Let your light that, that shine. Makes, uh, that's exactly what you're saying. I, I, I tell individuals that um, that's some of the greatest open-air preaching boxes where you get the chance to herald the gospel and to <clears throat> preach it to family and friends is, is, the, uh, is the box that you live in. <laughs> you know, you stand on a platform in your home, a floor, and use it. Use it to proclaim, to herald, to open air preach, if you will, to your, your friends and family. Now, I know, like, you know, the general definition in terms of open air preaching is going out into the public square, into the open air. But but we we should be, because of God's faithfulness, uh, we should be quite motivated and and encouraged to live out our Christian life and to be unashamed, um, to be unashamed to, as you said, to pray with family members, to talk of the things of the Lord, e even if it's difficult, you know, and, and it doesn't mean you have to evangelize every time somebody comes over. It's not wrong if you do. Um, but, but it does mean that being unashamed to, you know, to talk of the things of the Lord, to share the gospel, to pray, um, and to have a genuine, loving, and caring relationship where they know that you're unashamed and, and that you're always willing to talk about those things because our God's faithful. Um, we get to be, be faithful as well. And as I said earlier, well, when we're faithless, 
he's still faithful. He won't deny himself. Um, and then he's, he's, uh, he's taking you to be his own and he, he won't leave you or forsake you. Amen. I think I'm going to wrap it up here, but I have to do it in kind of an odd way to kind of bring the whole podcast together. This is heart fails 73 Psalm 73 verse 27 for behold, those who are far from you shall perish. You put an end to everyone who is unfaithful to you. Verse 28, but for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the Lord God my refuge that I may tell of all your works. And let's go back to 23 now. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterward, you will receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Last word for Stephen. God is truth himself, and he's faithful to keep all of his promises. He promises to punish and to send judgment on wicked people who do not repent. Because, uh, you know, because God is faithful, it is one of the scariest things in the Bible to ponder that, that he's faithful. Um, because he will judge the world in righteousness. All of us have sinned and fallen short of his glory. And we've sinned against God personally. And we've stored up a record of debt that has legal demands that are death. And we've personally spat in the judge's face. And because God is faithful, he's faithful to do what a good judge does, a perfect judge does. And he says in his word that that's in eternity in hell under his faithful judgment. The good news is that this faithful God who's faithful to, to judge the, the world in righteousness is also uh, faithful to judge his peoples in faithfulness. He faithfully promises to save those who cry out to him for salvation and life. And central to his history of divine faithfulness is the promise of the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus lived faithfully under the law of God. He faithfully died on the cross for unfaithful sinners And he faithfully rose from the grave to faithfully give us hope beyond the grave. And he promises that all who repent and believe on him, that they will have eternal life. And that there is a day that he will faithfully come back to judge the living and the dead. And all those who are eagerly awaiting his return, uh, he is good and faithful. As Adam said, it's, it's written on his thigh. He's faithful. And he will save his people. He's redeemed them from their sins. He's reconciled them to God. And he's with them. He's near to the brokenhearted. He's always with you, even to the end of the age. God is faithful. He is truth itself. Trust in him. Trust in him. And he will be your faithful God, your faithful covenant-keeping God forever. Amen.